Hello, and welcome to One World, One Health, with the latest ideas to improve the health of our planet and its people. I'm Maggie Fox. Planet Earth faces many challenges, pollution, climate change, and new and re-emerging infectious diseases. This podcast is brought to you by the One Health Trust, with bite-sized insights into ways to help. In this episode, we're chatting with Dr. Ramanan Lakshminarayan, the founder and director of the One Health Trust. Ramanan has a special interest in One Health issues such as climate change, antibiotic resistance, and the spillover of diseases from animals to humans. Today, we'll talk about the One Health Trust's new research center in the Nimai Valley near Bangalore in India and the work that will be done there. Ramanan, what a pleasure to speak with you. Well, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about this new research campus and what it is you hope to do there? So the One Health Trust, which originally was called the Center for Disease Dynamics, Economics and Policy, or CDEP, um, has worked in uh, many locations around the world, in Africa and Asia mostly, but also in the United States, on issues related to infectious diseases um, and essentially One Health. Uh, antimicrobial resistance has been a centerpiece of everything that we've done. And antimicrobial resistance is a centerpiece for, uh, is an exemplar for One Health as well, the connectedness of human, animal and environmental health. So after 10 years of existence, when we decided that we should have a physical space where we're able to bring these ideas together for the purpose, not just of research, but also of education and also of working with communities very hands-on to find solutions to these kinds of problems, um, we decided to find a place which um, was at the intersect of all of these. And we managed to find a place in India Uh, about 40 minutes north of uh, Bangalore International Airport, which is very well connected everywhere in the world, and which is set in an agricultural area and close to forests. So that's where this idea of this campus came to life, and uh, now we're ready to go. Why does having a special campus matter? That's a great question. You know, even prior to COVID, we've always operated in a completely uh, remote sort of a fashion. All of our communications is done uh, through webinars and so forth. So uh, I, I do agree to that to some extent, uh, work and research doesn't necessarily need offices anymore. However, the process of conversation, arriving at questions that matter, talking to people in the community, all of that is helped by having a physical space. And education, of course, uh, really demands a physical space because it's hard to really teach, mentor, show people uh, and learn without being face-to-face. So it's only when we arrived at the point at which we needed those things that we decided to build a campus. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's going to look like? So, uh, you know, we're really excited to see it uh, come alive. So um, our campus is on 10 acres, which is in a valley. Uh, in fact, it's it's sort of the higher reaches of the hills reaching down into the valley. It's surrounded by forest land on three sides. Uh, and it's agricultural land on the fourth side. Um, So a place like this, as beautiful as this, really demands a beautiful campus. And so we're building uh, about 20,000 square foot of office area and 20,000 square foot of of accommodation, all of which is designed in a manner to be close to nature. Of the 10 acres, about a quarter of the campus is just uh, returning the land to forest land. Uh, another couple of acres is organic agriculture. And uh, and then we have water bodies that cover another two acres. So the actual 
campus building is literally surrounded with by forest, by agriculture, and also by water bodies. And is this somehow symbolic of the idea that lies behind One Health? Absolutely. So in fact, when we wanted to build this campus, uh, we thought that the building should, based on the idea of a butterfly, and a butterfly for a number of reasons, you know, butterflies are sort of a, uh, you know, uh, are an indicator species of, of the health of an ecosystem. Uh, and as we know, butterflies are extremely fragile, like our natural uh, ecosystems are. And butterflies also, uh, to some people, embody this idea of complex systems. You know, you've heard of this thing where a butterfly flapping its wings in Beijing can cause a tropical storm somewhere else. So we really wanted to make this butterfly the motif for this particular campus. And I'm happy to say that uh, uh, both the, uh, the research building and the accommodation uh, are based on a butterfly uh, motif. Now, the campus obviously has a lot more features. It has labs, it has meeting spaces, it has classrooms and so forth. Uh, but at its center, at its core, is very much a connectedness to nature, connectedness to water, connectedness to regenerative ag. And you're right, these are the elements that we wanted to have strongly embodied in our campus itself. And last but not least, we are both a net zero campus uh, which means that we will have no net carbon emissions. Uh, all the energy is solar powered. And also, it's a uh, water zero campus. Now, that's a relatively new concept. It just means that we will not have any piped water coming in from the outside. All the water that we consume will be water that falls on the land, is harvested, rainwater harvesting in two, po uh, two lakes, and then is used and then recycled and goes back into the agriculture. So we're really trying to live this idea of the environmental loop where our waste becomes our food for tomorrow. And, and that's the way the cycle continues. So on the campus, people are actually going to be farming food that will be harvested and consumed there? Absolutely. So we're going to have an organic uh, kitchen. And uh, it's, it's actually unusual in India. Uh, there aren't any organic uh, restaurants or kitchens uh, just because it's not an idea that's really caught on even though historically agriculture in India has always been organic. But one of the things that uh, we're very keen on at the One Health Trust going forward is to go beyond infectious diseases into issues related to food and climate change. So food, climate and health are really going to be our three themes. And in the context of food, regenerative ag, which means that um, uh, growing crops while also restoring soil health uh, is going to be a key part of how we choose to practice our own agriculture there. And we hope that we'll be able to make this scalable for all the farmers nearby. So, yes, indeed, when you come and visit, you'll be eating mostly food that's been grown on our land. And who's going to be coming to this campus and what will they be doing there? So I see three sets of, uh, you know, uh, broad categories of people. One is a year-round uh, you know, permanent staff, uh, staff of the One Health Trust, uh, you know, other staff who are there for the campus maintenance and so forth. So these will be the folks who actually live there. Uh, there's a second set of people who will be more uh, by way of long-term visitors. So people who come for, you know, three, six-month stretches. Uh, they're there to conduct research. They're there to write a book. Uh, in that sense, you know, we'd love for this place to be sort of like an Aspen Institute or a Bellagio Center kind of a place uh, Bellagio is famous, uh, famously in, in uh, you know, Rockefeller's sort of retreat place in, in Italy, where people go, uh, you know, to take themselves away from their routine and uh, follow intellectual and scholarly pursuits. 
The third category of visitors will be people who are, um, you know, people who are just coming in for a day or two, uh, visiting for a meeting or a conference, uh, or are there, you know, just for as very short-term visitors. So, but in all of these cases, we really want to make this a place where uh, there's deep uh, engagement and connection between people, uh, not just from within India, obviously, but the reason for having this close to an international airport is so that this can be a center for people from around the world to come to. Can you tell us a little bit more about the whole idea of One Health, what you mean by that? One Health is really this very simple and age-old idea that our health and well-being is connected to that of the animals and the planet. And these are not... um, you know, separated ideas that all of these are connected to each other. Now, most recently, we saw this in the context of COVID, where we saw a pathogen that probably, you know, uh, came out in bats, then being transmitted to humans. Uh, But that's just one example of One Health. One Health can be, you know, our connectedness to the planet in terms of climate change and the impacts that it has on both our health as well as as the health of animals and, and plant life on the planet. So this connectedness is really something that uh, we're trying to uh, to understand better in the context of of research, which tends to be, um, you know, generally quite atomistic. Generally, people who work on human health really don't pay attention to plant health or animal health. Uh, but we think that this is the way of the future, which is that we will recognize that our well-being really depends on the well-being of of uh, all life around us and of the planet on which we live. And this is not just a philosophy, right? This is something that's been demonstrated in in research. It's not only been demonstrated in research. It's been demonstrated uh, in in terms of the traditions of any ancient, uh, you know, civilization or tradition. It's there in Indian tradition. It's there in Chinese tradition. Uh, you can go to the Mayas, the Incas, whoever it is. This idea is is age old. But it's only in recent times that we have forgotten about this connectedness. And there's also a disconnect in the way in which we do science. Um, science no longer really pays attention to this connectedness. So what we want to do is rigorous, peer-reviewed, published research that is on uh, that recognizes the One Health nature of all of these problems and finds ways to, uh, to connect these. So let me give you one concrete example. An example might be antimicrobial resistance, which is a topic on which we spend a lot of time on. Now, simply looking for resistant pathogens in humans alone fails to recognize the fact that these pathogens are typically transmitted through the environment. We should be looking at animals. We should be looking in sewage. We should be looking in the air. Now, we rarely look at it in that 360-degree kind of way, nor do we make these connections. Now, today, the World Health Organization, along with FAO, OIE, and other partners, is trying to do surveillance in that 360-degree kind of a way. But this is just one example. I think there are many instances where we are taking a very partial view of problems, and we really need to bring a holistic view of problems. I think this is something that some people may find confusing, because when you talk about zoonotic diseases, diseases that come into humans from animals, people think, well, well, the answer is to get farther away from animals, to get away from forests, to to get into clean places that involve a lot of concrete and not a lot of trees and and rainfall. How do you explain to people that that's not exactly how it works? 
we fail to explain when I say we, uh, we as scientists, people working in academia, fail to explain that um, when it comes to pathogens uh, or bacteria or viruses, these are being constantly exchanged between us and animals and the natural environment at all times. So there are diseases that are first spread in humans and then go to the animals. There are diseases that are out there in nature that then get into animals and then into humans. Or any of these connections may happen in any which order. And so uh, it's almost impossible for us to separate ourselves from animals, from the natural environment, because we depend on it literally for our very lives. We depend on it for food. Uh, more than half the oxygen that we breathe is produced by bacteria. So the idea that we can live outside of that ecosystem is wishful thinking, just like it is wishful thinking for a fish to think that it can live outside water. We live in an ocean of bacteria that we shared with all these other creatures. And I think it's a mistaken belief that we can engage in a war on microbes, in a war on bacteria, that we should have 99.99% of bacteria cleaned out of our surfaces, which is all a product of consumerism, um, but fails to recognize that this is actually nonsense. I mean, there is bacteria in literally every surface we touch, and we are made up of more bacterial cells than of human cells. There are 10 times the number of bacterial cells in us than, than we are human. And I think because it's an invisible world, we don't recognize these connections. But I think the ancient traditions have always recognized this. But we need to translate that into modern science in a rigorous way so that the way in which science happens in the future is not in this partial manner, but is more holistic. So if somebody's interested in getting involved in this new campus, what can they do? We'd love to have people come and visit, spend time, host meetings here. This is not a campus just off the One Health Trust. We see this as a global campus for anyone who's interested in One Health to come and own and spend time in it uh, and take this idea further than where it is right now. For instance, uh, we have already launched the world's first One Health demographic surveillance site, uh, we have already uh, collected data on 20,000 people uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, biosamples on all of, on many of them. Uh, we're doing similar surveys in animals and also in on the environment. And all of this provides a rich database as well for people to conduct research on. So if you're interested in One Health, if you're willing to travel out to India and spend the time to do, uh, you know, research, any kind of scholarly pursuit, uh, then you might want to consider coming to the One Health Trust. Ramanan, thanks so much for spending some time with us. Nice to talk to you. Listeners can share this podcast, which is brought to you by the One Health Trust, by email, Twitter, or your favorite social media platform. And let us know what else you'd like to hear about at OWOH. That's OWOH at OneHealthTrust.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to One World, One Health, brought to you by the One Health Trust. I'm Ramanan Lakshminarayan, founder and president of the One Health Trust. You can subscribe to One World, One Health on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at One Health Trust, One Word, for updates on One World, One Health, and the latest in research on One Health issues like drug resistance, disease spillovers, and the social determinants of health. 
Finally, please do consider donating to the One Health Trust to support this podcast and other initiatives and research that help us promote health and well-being worldwide. Until next time.